This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. So today's guest opens his new stand-up special by warning the audience, this might not be for you. Well, I watched it and it was for me, so I don't know if that means something is wrong with me or what, but I do know I am not nearly as deranged as my guest today, the dark and hilarious Daniel Sloss. Daniel, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Very good. (laughs) Very good. Yes. Socio. Wow. That's a show, man. That is uh, not your run-of-the-mill stand-up special. No, no. It's. I mean, it sort of follows in the sort of style that I, I did my two shows prior to that one, Dark and Jigsaw, which is there's always a sort of through mark of some sort. Yeah. Uh, with with stand-up as well. I mean, stand-up's always been my favorite. This is, as you just said, this is not your first time to the one-man show rodeo. How many of these things have you done? Four? Uh, well, I mean, I've done, I've, like, solo shows. I were one, one hour shows I've actually done. I think I'm doing my, I'm, I'm on tour now with my 12th uh, one-man show. But I've recorded one, two, three, four. Five, four, six overall. So that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're sort of scattered around like shitty Infinity Stones. Um, like some are on Netflix, one's on HBO, one's like a crappy DVD that you can only find if you go to like a really, really bad right. run charity store. And and then and then one's on my fucking website. <laughs> so I mean, for for we the the viewing public, we sit on our couches, we flip around, and we're like, oh, there's a new stand-up special. You know, they just sort of like appear. But these mm. things don't just appear to you, right? I mean, what can you give people like insight into like what it takes to put together an hour-long special like that? Uh, well, most of the time it's you spend as much time as you can just doing the circuit wherever you are in the world, playing the clubs um, as often as you can, whether it's, you know, doing five, 10 minute spots or 20 minute spots, just and getting your club set up to the point where you can walk on any time of night to any audience in the country and make them laugh. And then with that, try and expand those jokes out for longer, maybe explore them more, um, write some, other jokes put them through the same sort of process and then with all the best of the stuff that works the best turn that into an hour i mean that's what um, i used to do nowadays i tend to um just because i'm so used to the process i tend to just find like four things that really fuck me off uh-huh. <laughs> and then and then i can just and then i can i can just rant man like i don't really have any other I don't really have us any other skill other than i i can make people enjoy listening to me complaining that's amazing but that takes some fearlessness, I think, to, I don't think I know, to walk on stage with a couple of fragments of ideas and just like work it out in front of a crowd and realize not everything you say is going to get like a round, like a huge round of laughter. Like, how does that go for you? 
Um, I think that's normally the funnest bit, man, because so many times, especially with the type of stand-up I do, you get these horrible thoughts in your head, and I find them funny. Um, and I'm like, I'm not the only, surely I'm not the only person that thinks this fucked up thing. And the only way to find, and the only way to find out whether that's true is to walk on in front of a room full of strangers and be right. like, hey, here's this fucked up thing, I think. And then there's this, there's always this beautiful moment of relief, uh, depending on how many of the audience laugh. Sometimes it's like 80% of them. And you're like, oh, okay. So it's not even, even remotely a psychotic thought. It's just a normal <laughs> one. Normal thing. And then you get like the around the sweet mark is around about 30%. If 30% of the audience laugh at the fucked up thought and the others don't, then you're like, okay, good, right. So I'm, I'm weird, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you tell some very personal stories, not just about yourself, but you, you talk about family members and friends and stuff. Do you clear that with them or do you give them warning? Hey, I talk about this in my new show. Yeah, yeah, I tend to tell, I, I tend to run the jokes by them and stuff. I mean, I don't know what I would do if they ever said, no, you can't do yeah. that. Never, that's never happened before. Right. I'd like to think I'd respect their wishes. Right. Then, like, part, part of me knows I fucking wouldn't. I'd be like, oh, well, well tough shit. Because I'll be honest with you, that was just a courtesy. That was nothing else other than a fucking courtesy. I'm still telling the joke because fuck you, it's funny. And That's great. <laughs> so did you, was this always like, this is what you were going to do? Was there ever like, well, if I can't make money doing this, I'll do this instead? Or was this this it? No, it was always this. And I, I've been very lucky since early on in my career that I was always sort of progressing. Um, right. And I started so very young as well. I started when I was 17. So I was still in high school. And I, and I had heaps more free time. And, you know, I was living at home with my fucking parents and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, my career progressed and I had like a head start just in the sense of what I could cope with. Um, I mean, I, I never expected it to actually end up being my full-time fucking job. Like, I didn't <laughs> think, you know, I would ever get like, I was happy to like for several years coast and like just couch surf and get to travel the world yeah. and use it as a means to, and then eventually like accept the fact that I'd probably have to become like a fucking teacher when I was 35 or whatever. <laughs> you know, I never, I never expected to still be doing it and gigging in mental places. And along this way, have there been any kind of mentors or anyone who kind of like really sort of showed you the ropes or helped you with a breakthrough or were you just figuring it out on your own? I mean, there were def there's definitely people on the way who have kept me on the right tracks. You know, my, a, a lot of people who, you know, my, my close friends and family um, who, who kept me on the, well, not necessarily the straight and narrow, I've loved, you know, I've loved, loved fucking life. Conan O'Brien, I owe a lot to. Like, you know, he had me on his shows a whole bunch of times. Um, he got me a development deal with Warner Brothers and he's has always been very kind and supportive of my career whenever I've gone on to any mm -hmm. uh, new venture. I certainly wouldn't have got had any of the Netflix specials had I not been on Conan so many times. So, I mean, Dick, him for me is a big, big one. That's funny. I hear, I heard, I've heard he's such a jerk. So that's uh, amazing to hear. <laughs> Have you? No, no. Just oh, kidding. it's good. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Because that's my favorite thing to do. My favorite thing to do is like, it's, and it's, it's especially with really nice people, right? Is if there's a, someone in your group of friends who everyone agrees is a sweetheart, the second they leave the conversation, the first thing you do is you mumble. What a piece of shit, man. <laughs> and just and just engage other people's reactions. Like, I love that. That's great. I've had the pleasure of interviewing him before, and he is beyond funny, but also just really nice. But 
Oh, he's such a sweetheart, man. It's he's but, such a sweetheart that it's got to be fucking fake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you remember that, or can can you tap back into that like first late night appearance? Like you're backstage. Like what's what's going through your head? Are you psyched or are you just like panicking? Do you remember? I do. I, I don't know. I was panicking. Like I've always been quite not phased by things like that. Yeah. I remember being excited by it. Like, it's not that I would, but I think I was able to, you know, channel the excitement or channel the fear. And also, man, I was also, you know, there was a lot of times, you know, when you're, when you're high on ego, sometimes something amazing is happening to you and you're like, I deserve this. And that makes you get through this terrifying moment. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. But I remember, I, oh, I remember the whole time just being like, there's no way this is actually going to happen. Like, I always have a fear that whenever something good happens to me, it's going to be taken away from me. Right. On the whole flight all the way over there, I'm like, I'm not going to get... Something's going to happen. There's going to be a fuck up. There's going to be a mistake. It's not going to happen. We get all the way to the studio on the day of the record and Nelson Mandela dies. And I'm like, I fucking knew it, man. (laughs) Like, I knew it. And also, like, what a what a horror, what what a what an egotistical fucking comedian. One of the one of the one of the greatest men that ever walked the planet died. And I'm like, oh man, he couldn't have fucking held on for like a day. My big day. My big day. I'm gonna go on American television. He might people other people might love him, but I think he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but then thankfully Conan only mentioned him for like two minutes at the top, and I still got to have my time. So in, in your in your face, ghost of man. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic. So what do you, what do you see now? You, you've been doing this for a while with obvious success. Like, what do you see the, of, of the new kids out there coming up? Like, uh, is the comedy world different now? Or is it, is it the same deal? Like how do people get into this? Man, no idea. I am so out of touch. Yeah. Like I, yeah, 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 man. <laughs> I, like I tour now, I tour exclusively. Like sometimes when I'm building up a show, I get to go back to the clubs but most of my time I'm just touring and I feel like a fucking granddad, man. Yeah. Like I just, like I skipped out. Or I feel like I went to do like a semester at like another school in another country and I've come back with like a weird accent. Yeah. You know, right. the, you know, the, all the other comedians recognize me and remember me, but they're like, ah, but we've all built different bonds at this point. It's not the same. Like, we'll say hi. Yeah, right. We're, we're not going to bully you, but you're not, you can't sit with us at lunch. Oh my God, that's so great. And you've also uh, written this book. So when you're writing, I mean, are you, is that going to be, are you going to, are you going to give us more books? I guess is my question. Oh man, man, I wish I knew the fucking answer to that. Yeah. Like, but I, I didn't decide to write the book in the first place. I was approached by a very nice man who for some reason seemed to think that, uh, I think his exact words were, you've got some very interesting opinions and you pitch them well, which I think is a really polite way of saying, God, you're fucking abrasive. <laughs> I I bet your controversial and antagonistic arrogance uh, will lead to some people saying some fucking things and will sell some books. And he was like, yeah, man, just write. And he, he gave me far too much freedom. Like, I've, I've never written a book before. I'm a comedian. So I was just like, uh, you know, I would do a thing where I'd, I would, I was like, would you want me to write a chapter on it? And he'd give me this subject and I'd just, you know, type in write my opinions on it, write true stories that happened to me and sort of meld it all together. And then sometimes I'd get drunk on whiskey and then I'd go through it and I'd fucking edit it and I, you know, I'd get high and I'd fucking... So I'm like, you know, it's like, it's, it's like homework, but like, it's going to be an essay. Like there's going to be loads of 
runovers of like I'll send him in a whole bunch of versions and he'll and he'll tell me which one's best. I'll just send him this. That's, you know, yeah. fucked train of thought. And then he would come back like two days later being like, yeah, man, that's really good. That's excellent. Just that. And I'm like, what? No. Like there's not, that's, man, that's nowhere near enough notes. I was expecting more notes than right, pages right. I'd wrote. No, that's... not just, yeah, cool, man. Fucking. <laughs> well, the, the book for uh, anyone who hasn't heard of it is called Everyone You Hate Is Going to Die. Uh, which I, that is that is a hell of a title right there. That, that well, I'm is, dying. And I, it's very positive. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, one of the things that I love that you're talking about, I mean, so many people, whether it's writing or it's creating anything is like they put up walls to themselves. They give excuses why they can't do this thing that they want to do or they just don't feel liberated enough. That doesn't seem to be an issue for you. You feel it seems like you just tapped into I'm going to put stuff out there and just keep I'm just going to go. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, George Carlin once said that, you know, the secret to comedy was like you would go on stage and you would reveal a layer of yourself to the audience and, you know, be very honest about it. And then the next time you went on stage, the next year, the next year, you had to peel off another layer and another layer because you have to be honest, like on stage. And I I think at the moment, I'm just still fucking peeling off layers, which is a slow process because then you grow as a human being and you're like, oh God, now I've changed as a person. (laughs) Exhausting. And also it's cathartic, man. Like again, like so many of the things that we consider to be taboo are only taboo because people don't talk about them, right? Right. Like, you know, it's absolutely insane that people are still uncomfortable about talking about death, despite the fact that the only thing we all have in common is everyone we know is going to die. We're going to die. There's nothing we can do. It's the one thing. But yeah, for some reason, some people get so uncomfortable when you talk about death. If there's a death in the family, a death, friendship, people don't know how to react to somebody who's experienced death. And you're like, but how? How have we not? Like it happens all, it's the most common fucking thing in the world. <laughs> That's right. How are, how, are we, how are so many people so bad at dealing with this thing? So going on stage and talking about it, being very, you know, I can talk about death very, you know, honestly, because you, I surround myself with people who are able to, you know, laugh in those situations just because that's our coping mechanism as opposed to therapy and being healthy about it. Yes. And do you, well, when you're putting these shows together, as you said before, you know, there's like a a through line to it, a kind of a theme. Do you start with the theme and build material around it? Or is the material sort of uh, one day you're like, oh, this is kind of about death? There's definitely the second one. Like I I tend to just write my stand up uh, and find the jokes I like doing, find the jokes that are doing the best and then stick them together in a show and then just really try and look at them and be like, okay, is there anything that my subconscious is telling me here? Like, is, are, are these things interconnected? And if, if not, can I force them to be connected Yeah. Uh, by, you know, uh, attributing it to parts of my personality or mis-selling the audience on something? I don't, I, I, not to say it's not creative, but I don't think it's as creative to uh, write to a sort of specific yeah. Death Island, at least for me. But I, with all my best stand up and all my best work has come out of being organic. Like, I've, I've never been able to sit down at a laptop for two hours and just write stand up comedy. Yeah. I will, during the day, randomly, twice a week, go, oh, that's a funny thought. And then I'll write that down. Okay. And then, and then once every three months, I'll sit down and I'll write all those thoughts down and put them out. I'm not a work it. Like, it's, it's, it's lightning strikes for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that, that's cool. Yeah. And I was wondering too, and I don't think that this is an issue for you, but I've, I've heard comedians talk about how you put all this work and you get this show and then you do it. And then like, you kind of can't do it again, as opposed to like a band that could play their like greatest hit and everyone goes crazy. Like you can't keep telling your, your greatest joke over and over again. Like, does that invigorate you or is it kind of like sometimes like, fuck, I got to think of all new shit? Well, man, I, you know what? I, I actually don't think it's true, man. The, like I've, I've learned from like, first of all, me as a, as a comedy fan, like there are some specials that I will watch twice mm-hmm. a year because I think they're just that good. Like yeah. it's, you know, there's something um, extra. There's something safe about watching a comedy special you love, right? Right, Because yeah. you, you, you know, you, it's, it's, you know where all the laughs are coming from, yeah. from, but you're enjoying the act outs more, you're enjoying the suspense, you know, you're fucking singing along to it yourself. Yeah. And heaps of my fans, man, I know for a fact, some of the fucking psychos that love what I do have watched some of my specials 20 or 30 fucking times in a row. Like, there's, <laughs> like, there's just... Um, it's certainly not... Like, I, yeah, I, I think there's not as much oomph to it. Like, see, seeing it again, especially if you do shows which, you know, have an impact in it or, you know, a reveal in the story or something, I think it can sometimes... You know, you, you can't ever create that a second time. But right. I think people will watch... If you man, if you if you know any dads, you know all being a dad is is repeating the same five jokes for your entire fucking life. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with repeating jokes. We all know that we repeat jokes all the time. Right. So what are what's uh what's on your playlist of uh these are the stand-up specials that I'll I'll watch over and over again? Okay, Bull Burnham what I will watch. Uh, I think it's uh, superb. Bill Burr, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the black and white one. Uh-huh. Uh, Patrice O'Neill, Elephant in the Room. Michelle Wolf. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the Netflix one. Yeah. Adam Sandler's Netflix special is such a warm cup of fucking hot chocolate, man. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. I got Baby Cobra, I guess, I think is my favorite Ali Wong one there. I mean, there's heaps, man. Like, I yeah. love fun. There's, there's, I, I, could, I could talk about comedy for... And, and, and I do talk about it for fucking days on end. So you're not one of those people that, you know, one of those comedy people who will look at something and say, that's funny and not actually laugh. Oh, no, I am guilty of that. Like, it, dep- it depends what I'm watching. Sometimes I'll lose my mind. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be laughing like I was when I was a child at yeah. sleepovers. I'll definitely laugh that way sometimes. And then there are sometimes I laugh like a cold analytical sociopath being like, ah, yes, I can see the humor in that. Like absorbing it like an AI. You're right. Uh, But I I also enjoy like that. Like sometimes that's really nice as a comedian is to be watching a comedian that's doing so good that they put you into work mode. Yeah. Because you see them write a joke and you're like, oh, fuck, that's good. Oh, fuck, I don't have anything that good. Oh, God, now I got to work extra hard. Fuck, okay. Do you, uh, are you one of those guys who occasionally maybe likes to sort of like turn a room off to see if you could pull them back in again? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't necessarily turn them off. I don't ever want them to hate me, but I do want them to, I do want them to not trust where I'm going or not know where I'm going. I want them to trust me. I guess that's what it is. I guess it's the sadisticness of like, I want you to fucking trust me. Follow me in this dark room. And they're like, why? Why can't you just accept that we trust you? And I'm like, 
because I want to I want to fucking see how much <laughs> you trust me. How far can I push your trust? It's like, why would you do this? Why can't you just make us laugh? Because like, because I need more than this. It's not enough power. <laughs> I've done shows where I've just made you laugh. Now I need to make you so uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm so scared that I'm going to say something horrible. <laughs> yeah. There's something, it, it, sometimes it, it's just an outright abuse of power as well because the audience, once they've been laughing at you for so long, they, they just trust you with your emotions. You know, yeah. people laugh at you, they trust you. So there comes a point when if you've been making them laugh for half an hour and then you just stop making them laugh and you make them uncomfortable, they have no idea what to do <laughs> yeah. because they're not in charge because they've just been, they've been relaxed for so long when they, and somebody else has been in charge of their emotions. And that person just made them laugh the entire time. That was nice. And now this person has like pulled away the life floats yeah. and it's just watching them like tread water in panic and <laughs> gulp down air. And it's like, look, I'll definitely save you. I'll definitely save you. Like, you're not going to die, but will you pass out? Right. <laughs> like, am I, like, when am I saving you? Is it like mouth to mouth while you're conscious or is it like in a hospital as a professional doing it? Oh my God, that's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, watching, sometimes you're watching and you're you're laughing and then you're like nervous to laugh because you're not sure what the next line is going to be. And am, am I going to be smiling and laughing at something like horrible? So uh, it's, it's yeah, but that's funny. that's the other bit that I enjoy so much is because sometimes the worst joke is in the audience's head. Yeah, yeah. That's what, te- that's what teasing is. Like that's when you when you say something without the end, the audience, the reason they're shocked is because they know what you're about to say because they can fucking, in their head, they're like, oh, he's going to say something. Okay, it's going to be something horrible. It's going to be something horrific. And they're thinking of all the horrible things that they would say. And, you know. Yeah. So you said you, 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 obviously you got started off pretty early. Like the people around you, are they, is it just, of course he's a comedian and of course he's doing this. Or were you like quiet and shy for a minute before you became what you are or this is it? No, I think my life, if you were to ask my family, like I've always been funny and attention seeking. Yeah. <laughs> I've always, I've always, I've always had a, des- a desire to make people laugh and a desperate need to, for validation from the masses. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've gotten it for sure. Oh man, and then some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the people, I mean, they're going to check out Socio. What, what's the, like, give them the playlist. Like what's a good starter, a starter kit? Go on Netflix, watch. Well, first of all, I would say maybe, you know, go and code, go, type in Coding Daniel Slauson's YouTube, watch any of those. If you want to start with any of my live shows, go to Netflix, watch Dark or Jigsaw. I personally think Jigsaw is the better of the two, but I'm a very, very bad judge of my own work. <laughs> uh, if you've got HBO, you can watch my special X on that. And then if you like those free shows that you can watch, you can then also go on my website, danielsloss.com, and you can stream Socio for Fiverr. And are, are you uh, are you on the old socials? Are you are you sending out crazy thoughts into the universe? Um, I'm. I mean, I'm on. Like, I have I have people doing my TikTok and my Twitter and my Facebook. <laughs> I fucking hate social media. I do my Instagram, and I'm so bad at it. But definitely <laughs> do follow me there because that is a place where I seek validation. But I, I don't put enough work to deserve any of your validation. But just come on, <laughs> give me give me something for nothing. Come on, please be reasonable. <laughs> Well, you heard the man, people. Uh, give him some love. Give him some some hearts. But definitely check out uh, Socio because it's uh, it's very funny. But as he describes, it's it's more like a show, and it's got like a theme that goes through it, and it, it's it's pretty awesome. So, well, congrats 
on that and all of your success. And thanks for uh, thanks for talking a little old me. Not at all, man. I'll speak to you next time, buddy. All right. Great talking to you, man. Thanks, And bro. I will, I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. Good. Thanks, man. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me beg people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.